yesterday gorgeous. I hope you could all have been out and enjoy it. And yes, today we need the rain too, so all is good. I'm going to share with you a little bit of fun. I have a little dog named Lily, and she's my alert. She sits at the window all morning long, and if she sees a friend like Lucy Biggs, we have to go out fast. Well, yesterday morning, she was crazed. And I thought, I can't imagine. That doesn't sound like a Lucy welcome. So I went to the window, and there were enormous turkeys walking down in front of our condo. I think many people have had them. We never have. And I ran out to see Lucy and Jimmy, and I said, did you see those turkeys? And Jim said, not today, but I did yesterday. And you know what I think? I think they're looking for a hiding place before Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, please join with me in today's worship. This is a day that is filled with fresh possibilities. This is a day to participate in the new life that God has created. This is a day when our old ways and tired routines may be left behind. For God comes to us in unexpected ways and refreshes all to join in the adventure of life. Create in us receptive hearts, O oh God, and renew our spirits. Let us preach our worship, receive your gift of life, and embrace and apply every opportunity to help your spirit flourish in our every thought and in our every act. Please join with me in prayer. God of overflowing grace, as we gather in worship at this time, we do so with seeking hearts and open hearts, and with lives filled with all sorts of hopes, dreams, needs, concerns, and joys. And responding to your call this hour, may you help us slow down just for a moment so that we may listen, take more notice, and truly reverie. What you offer for our lives, and may you help us in this way, to put our lives back into healthy perspective and into your order so that we may flourish and be fully alive, fully giving, fully responsive, fully loving and present to all those around us and to all in need. And so God, as we treasure this time for all of these reasons, help us to let your spirit in and to settle in our hearts minds, and souls, so we may become lovingly transformed, reshaped, and supported by you. Take us, renew us, and love us as we rededicate our lives to you. And may you unite our hearts together as we pray that which Christ taught, has said, taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
thine is the kingdom and the power and the joy forever. Amen. to worship here at Southport Congregational Church. Whoever you are and wherever you are on your faith journey, you are welcome here. I would ask that you take the friendship register found on the outside ends of your uh, uh, pews, sign them, put your info on if you're visiting us so that we can reach out to you and thank you for being here. And then be sure to greet your neighbor following the service. Speaking of following the service, you have an amazing opportunity today after the service, and that is to participate in the most historic 180th preliminary budget meeting of Southport Congregational Church. So you are invited to go grab a cup of coffee, bring it right back in here, no powdered donuts allowed, and um, listen to a short presentation by uh, John Trainer, our Board of Trustees chairperson, and then vote. And your vote matters because this is the budget that we will be working off of for 2024. Um, so you need to have a, a voice and um, share in that responsibility. Coming up Wednesday night at the Parsonage at 7 o'clock, there's a Pampered Chef party. If you have never been to a Pampered Chef party, you should email me and tell me that you're going to come to this one. Um, the reason we are hosting it is because our kitchen is virtually deplete of anything that you can even cut the most soft piece of bread with. Um, the, our pans are... 100 years old, everything, that kitchen needs to be filled up. So one of the great things about Pampered Chef is you get to buy gifts for people coming up in the holidays, um, for your own kitchen, and then the church gets a percentage of that sale, and then we get to pick out and, and fill up uh, the church. So um, chefs of all genders are welcome. This is not a ladies-only party. But speaking of ladies only, we celebrated Laity Sunday, which often gets confused with Lady Sunday, if not enunciated correctly. Laity Sunday last week, where we celebrated the ministry of all of you, and we want to thank all of those uh, members who participated in that, and John Santa for his sermon. Um, we have a protest against United Illuminating's um, uh, transmission project. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it. We've stayed pretty silent about it. No, we haven't. We can't. Our, it will so horribly affect our church 
the Southport community in Fairfield that um, we need them to come up with another alternative. And so we want to have our voices heard. Just ask UI to stop and listen to what the community has to say about what they're planning. So next Sunday um, from 2 to 4, Pequot Library, uh, protests for all ages. We're going to have a make your own sign station. Southport's largest banner that ever will be made will be made by all of you. Um, we have yellow ribbons for everyone. If you are in support of asking UI to put a halt and rethink their project, you can pick one up. They're hanging in Fellowship Hall, tied around the trees of your yard, your mailbox, your lanterns, whatever you would like. But we want a good visual that to um, UI that this town wants them to stop and listen to um, our voices. So uh, if you can join us, we'd love to have you. We have our holiday food basket drive taking place right now. We are 64% there. We need to get over that, um, that last little bit so that we can help all people have uh, a fabulous Thanksgiving and Christmas. This is a combined food um, drive, so we won't be asking again at Christmas time to help. So if you would like to do that, there are links in um, today's e-blast, Friday's e-blast. So anything you can do to help would be great. Uh, also, tomorrow, wow, it's going to be hard to believe because um, tomorrow our church will start its transformation from a place of worship and community um, religious activity to a place of community interior design activity. So the walls start going up for Rooms of the View um, tomorrow morning, and then uh, our designers come in next weekend. So we um, are so fortunate to have this uh, fundraiser. It brings in more than $80,000 a year, which means that's $80,000 a year we don't have to uh, raise through stewardship, our stewardship campaign. Uh, and Christopher Phillip and his group have done an amazing job of taking over this um, from my hands in particular, which I'm so grateful so I can do ministry in October and November. Um, but we really need the church to support us. So um, any way that you can, I know there was an e-blast that went out about volunteering food for the designers um, to help with the, run the show, uh, volunteer to sit at the desk or be a greeter, uh, anything you can do to help that. And by all means, come to the party of the season, uh, Thursday night, November 9th, the, the preview party. Uh, if you are enjoying Southport Congregational Church and all our many ways that you can do things, um, we are having a new members meeting on November 19th at 4 p.m. for anyone who is considering making Southport Congregational Church their spiritual home. Um, and then I only have two more. So, but these are very important ones. So first, um, we are undergoing a transition in our administration here at SCC. And so I want to take a moment just to have Paul DeFrado stand, if you wouldn't mind. Um, Paul is leaving the religious sector for the secular sector. Um, he has held us together for four and a half years. He has he took us through COVID in a way that is mind-boggling. Um, he was uh, so fantastic during that. Uh, we created the DOA um, position just for him, uh, Director of Administration, and um, he has done a great job on taking many things off of the plate of Paul and I. And here, say this line. 
We're going to miss you every day. We love you, Paul DePrado. And thank you. Is yeah. Paul is leaving that position. He is remaining a very involved member of the church. So yeah. we're saying goodbye to you in that position. We're saying, you know, great to have you continue and be even more involved as a volunteer now. See you in your pew. <laughs> and Paul being Paul, um, when he knew that he was going to take this job, um, didn't want to just leave us. So he has a good friend who's also a very good friend of uh, Chris and Marjorie Palmer, Nick Hepfeld. So Nick, if you wouldn't mind standing, uh, Nick is stepping into this position. These are now tears of joy that you are going to be here. Uh, and we have had uh, the last two weeks, pretty much um, Nick has been shadowing Paul many of those days, uh, and so is up to, um, up to snuff on all that is going to be happening in that office, although he really has no idea. Um, but uh, Nick comes to us after a really long career as a senior manager at Subway. So um, I'm assuming there'll be Subway sandwiches for everyone every day or something like that. Um, but welcome, and we are glad, really glad to have you here. And, and by the way, not as a manager of a shop, but uh, big time ad overall administration uh, manager um, helping to, to shift and direct design yeah, and product design and, and that type of thing. That type of thing. All, sorts so of stuff. All, you, all you need is a buzz cut at this point. And That's no. <laughs> So as I, as I mentioned in church council, um, he is not the new Paul DePrado. He is his very much own uh, Nick, uh, and, uh, and we really welcome you, and we look forward to a great future. So, wonderful. And All right, and now we would like to welcome John Trainer, uh, who I mentioned earlier is our chair of the Board of Trustees, who is going to speak to you for just a few minutes. Oh, or seconds, or hours. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. You're the boss. <laughs> well, good morning. Good morning. Um, before I, I have my uh, prepared remarks as, uh, as chair of the Board of Trustees, I also want to thank Paul. Um, you know, the work uh, that we do on the finances would not take place to the level that they do without your help. So thank you very much. And I don't know if you all saw Nick flinch when he heard that Paul's title was DOA. That, <laughs> That, that does stand for something else, so Nick's a little nervous, so calm down, Nick. You're okay. Um, what I'd like to do is invite you all to join us for a review of the preliminary budget after the service this morning. You know, it's a page of numbers, so I know it could be a little boring, but if you take a look at any budget, any organization's budget, it tells you a story. It tells you a story about the priorities of that organization. What, what do they think is important? Not so important. Our preliminary budget is essentially the financial representation of who we are. So as I did at our last annual meeting, I walked you through some of the priorities, told you about some of the, the, the challenges we had, the opportunities we had. I'm going to continue that narrative. So I'd love you to all hear that and just, you know, again, get a sense of, of, of what we all are as a, as, a, as a church family. Secondly, I'm also going to talk about stewardship. And our good friend Paul Ducey, 
uh, has done a phenomenal job running stewardship. That's going to be very, very important as we go, go forward over the next few weeks. So you'll be hearing from Paul, Paul, Paul Whitmore, Paul Ducey, just about you know, the, the investment that we all make in this, in this great family. So I would love to, uh, love to see as many of you as possible. I think, will we offer a coffee break or is it right after? Uh, slight coffee break. So make coffee and a cookie, Subway sandwich, and then come back in here, uh, come back in here, and we'll go over that. But I, I, I think it'll be very important. Again, yes, lots of numbers, but it's really a story. It's a story of us, and I'd love you to hear that story and, and comment. You know, this is preliminary, so we haven't, haven't carved this in stone yet. So, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a story about us. So thank you. Welcome all the children to come on forward. Four in the balcony. And that's from your mother, Charlie Yule. Um, excuse me for just a moment. I have to ask a quick question. Anyone else have any turkey stories for Anne? <laughs> <laughs> so Jared and I have a ton of turkey. They just came back, actually. So that was very uh, the turkey stories hit home for us. They literally were marching up the driveway yesterday. So where have the turkeys been? They're back. <laughs> Send them our way. There's a big thing. Um, we're just discussing a little um, change in the schedule. So we're, well, I'm going to have you guys come sit this way for just a second because we're going to have the team choir um, sing for us now and then I will talk to you a little bit in a minute. So uh, John was just saying uh, how our budget, which is true, you know, tells a story and is important. Something else that tells a story and is important is our Christmas pageant. So uh, I hope all of your children who are here will participate. Uh, join us at choir. Yes, I am looking at you, Reed. And, uh, and come to choir for the age group that they're assigned to and rehearse, rehearse with us during church school. The song that our team choir is about to sing is from another something that is important and tells a story, the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. The characters Mary, sung by Heidi, and uh, Peter, sung by Cole McQuaid, uh, are at a phase in, in the life of Jesus, was toward the end of his life, and, uh, and how many of us have been at a point in, in our lives where we think we started off going a certain way, and it seems like we got a little derailed, and we'd really like to start over. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, I see a lot of nodding heads. So and this, this is a story uh, with... Uh, with biblical history, and that is a very human story about our desire or need sometimes to, to start over.
so much to both Heidi and Cole. Fabulous. What season are we in? Fall. What happens in fall? The leaves fall. I happen to just have some leaves that fell in my backyard. I love leaves. I love leaves on the trees. I love leaves falling off the trees, mostly because it makes me pine for snowstorms and snow falling from the sky. And then I love leaves on the ground, right? They're so pretty and you can pile them all together and jump in them and just walk and kick them. It just fills your soul. So I was looking at these leaves the other day. These are leaves that fell in my backyard. And what are some of the things you think I might have noticed about leaves? Because you all know me pretty well now. So what do you think, Amelia? None of them are the same. What else? Yeah. They can change different colors, right? They all start out, what color? Green. And then there's some beauty inside of them that when that nature thing happens, I can't remember it at the moment. Um, anyway, you all know that thing. They change colors, right? And they become so beautiful. But no two are ever the same. Look, some of them have kind of rough edges here, right? We call those serrated edges, right? Kind of like a, a pair of scissors on the edge. Some of them just have pointy edges. Some of them are, are round. Some of them have very strange, long shapes and things. Each one of them, very different. Even if they come from the same tree. These two came from the same tree. Same family tree, completely different, right? Some red, some orange. This one's small, this one's long, this one's darker red, this one has more orange and yellow. Even though they come from the same tree, they're different. Is that like you and your siblings? Yeah. Is that like you and me? We all come from God's family. Are we exactly the same? No. Why are we not exactly the same? Why do you think? We all have our unique things that we do and that we're passionate about. Do we look the same? No. No. Do we act the same? No. Because do we have the same skills? Can we all do the same thing? Like Atlas came and painted one of the windows right in the front of the church. He's a fabulous artist. I think we've all seen my art. Are Atlas and I the same? No, not in any way, right? Not that way. But we all belong to God's family. And why are we different? Because God made us that way. Because God wanted Atlas to be able to draw and bring beauty. God created Cole with that beautiful voice to sing and bring joy to us. Right? God gives us all so many different gifts because God wants us to make up the whole beautiful panorama of humanity. And so if anyone ever says to you, you're not special, you say, oh, au contraire, my friend. Go ahead, say that. Au contraire, my friend. God made me very special. Say it. All together. Au contraire, my friend. God made me very special. We're going to practice that. Because it needs to be like that. Au contraire, my friend. God made me very special. Go ahead. Au contraire, my friend. God made me very special. Au contraire, my 
you. That is so true. I want you to remember that deep in your heart and deep in your mind every day of every year. You are special, just like every, every leaf is special, and you are as beautiful as every leaf because God made you to be just who you are. So let's say a quick prayer together. Dear God, thank you for making each one of us unique and special. And all because you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's head out to church school. morning we are going to just take a brief pause and uh, step right into our prayer. So let's pray.
Our loving God, this morning as we take time with you in prayer, we come to you with our whole selves, with our joys, with our deep concerns, knowing that you are here with us with your deep compassion in all of us. And so we open our hearts to you. And we lift up all those who are ill and hurting and in need of healing this morning, which seem to be more than there were last week. We lift up those who are facing surgery and treatment and recovery. And we pray for all those whose life is blessed as well, whose life is wonderful. New babies, happy and healthy children with their lives all ahead of them. And then, God, here we are with another mass shooting. 18 more dead. Mental illness. Assault rifle. Exactly what we talked about last Sunday. And in between then and now, here we are again. Exactly. What do we do about this, God? And why do so many people fight doing something? Anything. May you be with them, God. And be with the victims and their families. And with those who do nothing. May you open our minds, Lord, to help us do something. To genuinely love our neighbor actively. For how long, O Lord, will your people suffer? We think as long as we let that happen. While those who could take action do nothing. And the Israeli war with Hamas A quote, long and difficult campaign ahead. What do we do about that, God? May we do whatever we can. Pray, be kind, seek to understand. May we pray for all who are victims in so many different ways. <clears throat> May we learn to love our enemies because you said so. May we learn to love our neighbors because you said so. 
So what does that mean, God, in this case? And a case of abuse of power, God, with United Illuminated, rolling over people here, our church. People in Bridgeport. Damaging a historic village that has been so lovingly cared for for hundreds of years that happens to be ours. Damaging our preschool. Do we sit idly by God? Do we do a little? Or do we do a lot? Speak to us, God. Move in us, God. And we pray for our neighbor, our neighbors who are hurting and hungry and lonely and angry. What do we do about that, God? All of this, something, nothing. What is your will here in all of this? For those we love, we pray. For those who are unknown to us, we pray. For those who are close, for those who are far away, for refugees who are fleeing for their lives, for those who are unable to flee for their lives, for those in need of treatment, for those in need of some peace and healing, we lift all of them to you, Lord. And as we lift them to you, We pray, God, may we do all that we can do and do so not out of a heavy burden or duty, but may we act as we pray always out of love. So soften our hearts, God. Enter our minds. Give strength to our courage and to our perseverance and to always do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with you when it is easy and when it pushes us hard to do so. In your love and in your spirit and in your grace, this we pray. Amen. What do we do? <clears throat> there was a, a quote that I know I'm going to botch because this is off the top of my head, but it was from uh, uh, John Wesley, the one who started the Methodist Church, I think it was John Wesley, who said, um, do all that you can in all the ways that you can, to all the people you can, as often as you can. This can sound like a responsibility. My God, it's the greatest opportunity in the world to be in the position to do all that we can out of love. This is our call from Christ, from God. Our morning offering will now be shared by you, received, received,
and then shared once again.
been together in our unison prayer of dedication. Compassionate God, you instill in each of us the possibility to make your ideal vision come alive for each one of your children. Receive these gifts that they may grant new life to those in need, hope to those who are struggling, and freedom to all. So the title of today's message is Behold, and you can see in your bulletins we have scripture passages where each one of our passages is going to explore, that we're going to explore uh, these scriptures within our message today, and each one has to do a little bit differently uh, how our Bible deals with the word behold. So behold, behold, do you ever notice that life sometimes comes at you like a fire hose, like the last few weeks, for example. Now those have been some weeks to behold. Our director of communications went in for surgery about five weeks ago. Her surgery, as it turned out, was more than anticipated, so she's been out ever since then. And so we give her our extra love and prayers. And we've been adjusting here as a staff. As a result, Laura's been picking up a lot of the pieces. Behold. A few weeks ago, it was 3.30 in the afternoon on a, on a Friday. I was just coming out from um, the, the, the Jewish home, the rehab center. I was uh, visiting Hank Greer, who had fallen and he had broken his neck. And I got a, I got a call as I got into my car that I was uh, being scheduled for wrist surgery. And it was great, because I needed it. I didn't realize it was going to come, and it was Friday afternoon. And I had two days now, Monday and Tuesday, to get all the blood tests and clearances and a heart test and, and do the prep and stuff. Surgery Wednesday morning. So that was a surprise. It was a good surprise. And now I get to do physical therapy a couple times a week. And then Laura and I met with Paul DePrado, and uh, Paul shared some news that even though he wasn't looking, he was offered a wonderful job. And it was so good that Laura and I, well, first we said something that I'm not going to share, but then second, <laughs> second we said, Paul, we love you. You are going to be dearly missed, and you would be irresponsible not to take this offer. You have to take it. But as our director of administration, that throws some changes. Change happens. And fortunately, as, as we mentioned, so Laura, I mean, uh, Paul had, a, had and has a very good and longtime friend who Paul thought was a great person for the job. We had some discussions with the powers that be. We interviewed, we hired Nick. And we think that this is going to be wonderful. And so Paul has been transitioning, passing the ball, and Nick has been transitioning in. Life gives you changes. Sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. 
Stewardship season. We heard from John Trainer. Without it, we would collapse. And we're preparing letters, plans, communication. We'll be hearing more about that in the coming weeks. Along those lines, then we have annual budget meeting today after church, strategizing, evaluating, setting goals, needs for the upcoming year. Last week, Sunday afternoon, we celebrated Julianne's ordination. Beautiful service. Good change. Rooms with a view starts in two weeks. The rooms are being built starting starting in this week. We love Rooms with a View because it's a huge help to allow us to do everything that we do with our ministry and missions. And Chris Phillip and his crew are doing a bang-up job with that. Hamas started a war with Israel with unspeakable acts and bloodshed. And this has been on the forefront of all of our hearts and minds and prayers. And then Laura and I got a call from our Israeli tour guide, Vered Ravid, who we've worked with for the last 14 years and have gotten to know very, very well with all four of our trips to Israel. And she's in crisis. Like everyone in the whole area, on all sides, she said she needs to get out. Could she come and stay with us for a while? There's only one answer to that, which is, of course. So Vered is coming from Israel this Thursday, November 2nd, to stay with us for a couple of weeks. She's going to be here until the 18th. And so we invited her to give the message next Sunday, November 5th, to share her perspective, her experiences and then give a second hour program after worship. And then we got a call from Rosine Shalala. Rosine is a very well-loved, very long-time member of the church. She is Lebanese. She's from Lebanon. Her family's from Lebanon. She goes there every year, spend time with her family there. Naturally, she's very upset. Lebanon's in the north. She's very impacted. So we have invited Rosine, and she's going to be presenting a second hour program on November 19th. This is a different perspective. We're going to hear different things than we will from Verid. United Illuminating. <laughs> we found it's taking 35 feet of our land in the back to build 15 story high massive towers looming over our church, taller than our steeple and cutting down all the trees back there, taking our land while residents in, of Southport and Fairfield and Bridgeport are going through the same things on their property, and we now will all get to look at this forever. And until a few weeks ago, by UI's design, which has been very devious, kept us all unaware of the fact of this impact. Not that they were doing something, but what they were doing and the impact. Is this an abuse of power? You bet it is, on the biggest level. As a result, Laura and I have been taking a lead 
as have been church members, Tim Stewart, Tammy Chapman, Dave Stewart, John Trainer, pouring in huge amounts of time into the legal end of things, becoming interveners, submitting testimony. Laura and I have spent a tremendous amount of time rallying Southport, Fairfield, creating a town-wide protest next week, next Sunday. Be there. This is your opportunity. If you don't, there is no second chance. So many emails, texts, conversations with church members, preschool parents, town officials, lawyers, preparing materials for a whole town, writing letters, creating signs, publicity, ribbons, organizing, volunteers. You, this has honestly been the most important, number one, issue that we have ever dealt with here in our 30 years, dealing with permanent change on this broad scale it's massive, worthy of anyone's use of time and money. And then, at the other end of the spectrum, this is all just within a few weeks still, in a beautiful way, we've been making some changes in our courtyard, creating an outdoor sanctuary, which is something that everyone can use. Matter of fact, somebody was there yesterday, noticed this, wrote to Laura and me, and we wrote back and we said, we're glad, we're glad you noticed. It's just what we're aiming for in this world of ours. Creating a space of sanctuary, calm, peace. A place to be with God's presence in nature. And we're able to do this with thanks from a special gift from a church member and from our Memorial Garden Fund. This is just some of what your church, what your ministers, and what our members are doing. So when somebody says, what have you been up to? Life can come at you like a fire hose and knock you off your feet. So the last few weeks have been a time to behold. I stopped in and I talked to the uh, women's group last Thursday and um, and I said we may not have a sermon this week everything has been so much I almost gave my friend Dante Brittis who told me he said on that Sunday when you stand up there and when you say I got nothing <laughs> give me a call well, I started writing yesterday at about four in the afternoon. And I came to this point where for me, when life gets super crazy at times like this, I think about a couple of things. I think about the word behold, for one thing. And I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Why? Because it helps. And I'll share why. And if it helps me, I think it can probably help you when your life gets a little crazy. So what helps? Let's take a look. First at the word behold. The word behold shows up in the Bible all the way through 990 times. 
in all sorts of circumstances. We just see five of these circumstances here out of the 990. Behold is used to say a variety of things. Like take note. Behold. Embrace this moment. Behold. Savor this. Behold. Pause. Look around you. Comprehend what is going on. Behold. Wake up. Pay attention. Something about life is about to change. Behold. And you know what? No matter all the different circumstances that it is used throughout the scripture, the word behold always, every single time, comes at some inflection point in life where there's the way that things life used to be up until that moment and it's going to be no more. Something is about to change in a big way. Pivot point. And it's saying, notice the holy in the midst of what's happening. Wake up. And whatever you do, don't just keep trucking along unaware as if everything is going to continue just as the way it was before because it's not. But there is a way to go about this spiritually in a healing and constructive way. And so we see our scripture passages and we get some direction. Genesis 1.29 God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. Look at what I've given to you to care for. Stewardship of life. Stewardship of this earth. Genesis 1.31, God saw everything that God has made, and behold, it was very good. Behold, don't just take this earth for granted. Like it's just always going to be here no matter what we do to it. As it's, if it's, it's mundane or to be trampled or to be clear cut. This is sacred. Genesis 9.9, Behold, God said, I establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you. Behold, our relationship with each other is sacred. Not a bit of it to be taken for granted. And then we have Luke 1.26 through 31. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. So the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. 
And behold, things are about to change. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Luke 1.38, Mary said, Behold, things are about to change. I am the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word, your will. So let's not think Christmas here. Let's think transformative life situation. Life from a fire hose. Let's think of maybe an overwhelming life situation. As in, what do you do when life hits you full blast? What do you do when you get more than you can handle? I think about this when I get overwhelmed. Because Mary guides me back to being grounded and centered and strong in the midst of crazy. Because there she is. By God, Mary, not yet at this point, the mother of Jesus, because she's still single Mary at this point. Young, about 13 years old. She's going along, minding her own business, just trying to survive in her poor little town in Nazareth. It's still a poor little town. She gets betrothed, like engaged to an older man, Joseph. Next thing she knows, she gets a message saying, Behold, you're with child. Great news. Unless you happen to be 13 years old and unmarried at any time in history, but particularly in that culture where being pregnant in that situation can legally get you killed, stoned to death. Don't believe it? Look what can happen in the Middle East and in many parts of the world today. Mary's in crisis when she gets this news. At minimum, she will be cast out of her village, which means that she and baby are without any support system or resources, which means destitute and shunned for life. So her life, boom, in one moment, hit by a wrecking ball. One minute it's okay, next minute everything's different. Has this ever happened to you? Life turns on a dime. Diagnosis, job, accident, surgery, divorce, death, birth, war. Suddenly everything different. So how did Mary deal with her life turning on a dime? How much time did she spend bemoaning for one thing? Well, she did say, this is the part that I actually love. I love this. <laughs> she said, how can this be since I have no husband? 
we tend to think of it as, how can this be since I have no husband? How can this be? I don't have a husband. Are you kidding me? I love that they include this. It's the first stage of grief. Shock and disbelief. What? No. This can't be happening. There's some mistake. That's all we hear about that. I don't know if that took a short time or a long time. The next thing she did was radical. She said some powerful words that instantly shifted her state of being from damaged and victim and in crisis to healing and repair, positive, constructive cooperation, cooperating with God. That changes things. This is where her words are not just for her. This is a spiritual practice for us, for anyone hit with change, for our mental health, for my mental health. How can we hit the reset button? How can we deal with change? Even if you're just minding your own business, walking along, and bam, you just get knocked off your chair. She says in response, Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Servant, let it be unto me according to your word, your will. Look at these words in your bulletin. And let's say these words together. From Luke 138. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. You know, in the Christian faith, we don't, uh, we don't do incantations. But I'll say this much. If we did, this would be it. Because these are words that change reality. If, if you let these words do their work, they will change you. But it's not just hearing them or understanding them, it's embodying them. Having them become a part of you. And this power, when that happens, comes in five steps. Go through them quickly. Number one, behold. Take pause, take notice of what is happening. Don't rush this part. Let it impact you. Hold this change that is happening as sacred, letting God in. Don't rush through it. It's uncomfortable. It can be painful. There's something happening here, some shift in your way of living. Number two, I am the handmaid, the servant of God. This is a proclamation from her. This is a self-reminder. When you say this, you exercise your control and power. You put a certain stake in the ground where in the face of crisis, you are deciding and remembering, I am the servant of God. This has happened to me. Who am I? What's going on here? I'm a servant of God. 
This is remembering who primarily am I? What primarily am I here for? And who am I here for? You experience situations either bad or good, but you experience them as a servant of God. It's a completely different posture than if you are hit with big change and you're going, I'm in this all alone. Does this fit with my agenda? Ah! Do I like what's going on here? Does this change make me happy? Is it easy? Does it take away from my X, Y, and Z time? So first behold, which may take you five minutes or five months. Second, approach this as I am the servant of God. And third, let it be. Really, in the midst of crisis, you're going to take a moment to let it be? Let it be for this moment. Why? Because I can trust God with my life. You can let it be for a moment in the midst of crisis if you trust God with your life. I don't have to be in charge of everything, every moment, and it's a good reminder. Let it be. Let my life be with you, God. Four, let it be unto me, allowing me, myself, to be changed, to be shaped, to be guided in the midst of this. By what? Let it be unto me according to Fifth, your will, God. And this is the question of what defines your success and what defines your stress. Is your success and your stress dependent on whether you win or dependent on whether you get what you want? Well, I failed at that one. Or do we define our success in getting stressed over whether I'm doing God's will or not? That's different. Not is this messing up my plans, but God, does this mess up your plan? And if so, what am I supposed to do about that? Now, you may not want to do something about that. Why? Because it takes your time. It takes energy. It requires something of you. It gets you off track of what you want. Maybe it requires your money. <laughs> the question is, what does God want you to do about that? If you think that too many people are getting killed by guns, assault rifles, and you think, ah, oh, that's tragic. What does God want you to do about that? Nothing? Be really, really upset. 
I don't want to get involved in that. I don't want to get involved in electrical lines and towers. But what does God want me to do about that? Something to protect his church and his world, his environment, maybe protect his children? I don't want to give up my money for that. What does God want you to do? Seriously. Behold, I am the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word, your will. That's who Mary is. And we need to decide, who are you in the midst of this? Behold, let it be unto me. I'm the servant of God. Let it be unto me according to your will. That changes things. In the midst of confusion, that clears things up. That changes things. In the midst of crisis, that changes things. In the midst of being overwhelmed, that changes things. And it also changes things in the midst of what's wonderful and beautiful and sacred and good. Because then, too, it deepens that love and that beauty. And it changes you. But it only works, I found, when I remember it and when I practice it. May this become your practice. Try it. For good. Amen.
be said? I don't think so. As we go out into our world that God has created and then given to us to love, to care for, to protect with all of God's children, may we go out into this world with God's love deeply embedded in our hearts, our minds, our souls, our hands, to reach out, embrace, live up, lift up, strengthen, do justice, do kindness in every step that we take and every encounter that we find ourselves in. For this is God's blessing for you. Go now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.